the Williamson County School Board to order. As it is necessary to protect public health, safety, and welfare, Williamson County Schools is officially meeting electronically in light of the coronavirus and pursuant to executive orders number 16 and number 71 signed by Governor Bill Lee and waiver of Williamson County School Board Policy 1.400. At this time, board members, will you please record your attendance via a roll call? Ms. Glenn? Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, and Lydia Glenn. Angela Durham? Angela Durham present. Dan Cash? Dan Cash present. Elliot Mitchell? Elliot Mitchell present. Brad Fiscus? Brad Fiscus present. Jenna Priya? Jenna Priya present. Jay Galbraith? Present. Candy Emerson? Candy Emerson? Sheila Cleveland? Sheila Cleveland present. Thank you. Rick Wimberly? Rick Wimberly present. Eric Welch? Eric Welch present. Casey Hall. Casey Hall present. Nancy Garrett. Nancy Garrett present. You have 12 members present tonight. Thank you. At this time, we'll say the Pledge of Allegiance followed by a moment of silence. I pledge allegiance to the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. We'll now proceed to items of particular public interest. And this is the public comment portion of our agenda. Uh, we do have seven speakers tonight. Mr. Casey Hall, who is our board vice chair, um, does monitor the timing. Uh, so Mr. Hall, if you'll raise your hand, please. He will give you, oh, every speaker has up to three minutes and he'll give you a 30 second warning at two minutes and 30 seconds. Speakers, if you'll please state your name and your address, your time will start after you have um, stated your name and address. And our first speaker tonight is Rebecca Martin. Ms. Martin. I don't, I don't believe I, I'm, I'm not seeing that person in the Zoom. Um, Ms. Glenn, do you know if that person is here? 
I have not seen her sign on, Madam Chair. Uh, the last I heard from her email this afternoon, she was attending. Okay, all right. Let me move to the next speaker then. Excuse me if I mispronounced your name. Uh, Tisgill High. Hi, this is Tisgill High. Tisgill. Tisgill, if, if you Thank will, you. please state your address and then go ahead. Sorry about that. Not a problem. I live at 1577 Red Oak Lane in Brentwood, Tennessee. Superintendent Golden, Jay Galbraith, my board representative, and the full Williamson County School Board. Um, I have two students, um, one at, two students at Elminson Elementary and one student at Brentwood Middle. Um, I'm really disappointed. I was positive that the national news headlines about a Sunset Middle School teacher giving her students an assignment that required them to act as slave owners and to assign jobs to their slaves, that this body and the leadership would move to action. I was certain of it. Um, if not because of the clear issue that this raised about tolerance for racism and racist acts in our school system, then perhaps of some of the shame that would have built because this is how our school system would be represented in national discussion. I was really wrong, and I'm really sad to say that I was. That incident occurred nearly two years ago in February of 2019. That incident was one of similar incidents that were reported to school and district leaders, and instead of acting to protect those children and impacted, the district has really chosen to protect those behaviors of administrators and teachers that act outside of what the district expects from them. The education philosophy of Williamson County Schools is we believe education is best achieved when students involved become involved in experiences meaningful to their lives. We believe that the educational process should develop a feeling of self-worth and accomplishment that's taken directly from the directives of the school board. The inaction of this body um, and ignoring parent and student outcry over acts like this is just plain wrong. My children will not attend school tomorrow because I'm concerned that hate speech, racial slurs, and other violent acts may be used against them in an environment where teachers and staff are really ill-equipped to quickly and decisively stop and implement appropriate corrective action. I think the vast majority of our teachers are so, uh, they mean well, but they don't understand and have the tools and have the support to be able to act appropriately in these situations. I have spent... Sorry, I think I may have been disconnected. Can you hear me? Yes. Please go ahead. Hello, can you hear me? Yep. Yes. 30 seconds, ma'am. We can still hear you. Yeah. Can you hear me? We can yeah. hear you. Yes. And you have about 30 seconds, I believe. I feel like I'm getting disconnected so I can't hear anyone, but I will, I will continue. I have spent countless hours um, participating as a parent, engaging with the district to try to help these issues. Um, and right now the result is that I'm a tired parent. I ask that you immediately focus attention and resources to these issues. Um, the district must engage the right resources um, if you're serious about creating safe environments and uh, equitable places for all students in the district, 
as a parent, we are willing to inform, support, and collaborate, but you are responsible for creating these safe spaces and learning environments for our children. It's time to stop stalling and talking, and it's time for us to take action. So thank you. That ends my comment. Thank you, Ms. High. Our next speaker is Kate Keese. Sorry, I was trying to unmute. Hello, everyone. My name is Kate Keyes. I live at 614 Shenandoah Drive in Brentwood. I have children at Brentwood Middle and Brentwood High. First of all, I want to thank the Williamson County School Administration Board and staff for all that you have done to keep our children safe and provide the best services possible for our students during the challenges of the last 11 months. I'm here today to ask you to form a parent advisory committee for diversification and inclusion before the next meeting of this board, preferably this week. I understand you're considering hiring a firm to assist with matters of diversity and inclusion, which I also firmly support. The Parent Advisory Council should be part of the decision-making process regarding the hiring of a DNI professional or firm. Racism is so steeped in our culture, many of us are blind to its presence or effects. We cannot address what we do not acknowledge. We must see it to heal it. Racism is not just about using derogatory language. Racism is about failing to see the humanity of a people. The wounds of racism do not belong only to people of color. All of us are wounded by denying the humanity of any. We cannot ignore the existence of racism and we cannot consider ourselves to have educated our children if we have not begun to speak this truth with them. A parent advisory committee will help guide us on the journey to see in plain sight that to which we may have been blind. Let that committee help guide us to find the best way forward. Mr. Golden, please recognize the need to address these issues as a critical component of educating our children. Create a parent advisory council this week if possible, but before the next board meeting, absolutely. Let them help guide the choices that need to be made to support these efforts going forward. Thank you for allowing me a few minutes to share my thoughts and thank you again for all you do for our kids. Thank you, Ms. Keese. Our next speaker is Kate Cotton. Hi, um, I'm Kate Cotton. Um, I am a community member. I live at 440 Essex Park Circle. Um, I am a parent of two children um, in third grade and second grade, and I'm also a teacher in Williamson County. Um, I'm going to speak to the need for increased cult cultural competency work by relating a story about something that happened about 15 years ago at a different school um, than where I teach now. Uh, there was an incident at that school that was racial and many at the school were upset by it. There was a lot of tension at the school. Um, due to student privacy, even I as a teacher didn't know many details, but I was aware that it had created a lot of strong feelings among the student population. The student who had done the incident was suspended for one or two weeks, and I do kind of forget that exactly. Um, but since I didn't know who the student was, I was unaware that they were in my first period science class. 
um, until the Friday before their return on a Monday. Um, I also had two black students uh, in that same class and one of them asked to talk to our class on Monday. Um, I stayed calm and believed that I had enough experience um, as an experienced teacher in tricky situations to be able to handle this situation. But when I got in the room, I realized I was actually completely unprepared. Um, the class was very tense and I announced that we would talk about what happened for just a few minutes before class. At that point, one of the black students stood up, looked at the student who had been suspended and said, I love you. And nothing you can do can change that because I choose to love you. I don't know if I got that quote exactly right, but it's definitely very close. The comment that that student made, this junior in high school, uh, set the tone for the rest of the class and we were able to get back to work. But in retrospect, I realized that I was really just, I was not prepared to manage the tension that had built up around the issue. Um, and my one mature and brave black student had made my job a lot easier that day, really kind of saved me. Um, and so I would like you all to consider that even if a racial incident is addressed appropriately on the administrative level, there are often a lot of feelings that do linger after and can still cause pain and tension in the school. And so I would like to have um, personally a better set of skills in place should I be the teacher handling any racial incident that might occur in the future. And, and, seconds. and Okay, and extemporaneously, I'd like to say this is a big problem. It's a bigger problem than Williamson County. Um, if somebody had like a perfect uh, solution, we probably would have implemented it right now. But I do think that, um, you know, we can be a leader in this. And if we can create these committees and put this effort in, it will pay dividends in a lot of ways. Thank you, Ms. Cotton. Our next speaker is Robert Lewis. Hey everyone, my name's Robert Lewis. I live at 1119 Warrior Drive in Franklin, uh, just north of Berry Farms Development in Mr. Cash's district. Uh, this is actually my first school board meeting. So thank you all for, for welcoming me and having me. Uh, I had the opportunity to meet KC when we lived in Sullivan Farms and he was uh, running originally. So appreciate y'all creating this space for us. So I'm a small business owner and a parent of three young boys. Uh, my wife is a, a lifelong Franklin resident and Williamson County Schools uh, product. She graduated from Centennial High School. I grew up in Rutherford County, uh, but even before my family moved to Franklin, before I moved to Franklin uh, 10 years ago, you know, I knew the strength of Williamson County Schools. Um, they were the best in the state. Everybody knew that. You know, if you had a, a gifted or high achieving child, you wanted them in Williamson County because you knew they were going to get the most rigorous education available to prepare them for incredible opportunities. Uh, if you had a special needs child, you wanted them in Williamson County as well to be blessed by the amazing resources and educators available to ensure that your child received the best possible education a public school system could provide. And really any, anyone in Williamson County counted themselves extremely lucky to have such a, a stellar program available to them in their backyard, a uh, gift to parents. And um, so I thank you for your continued service in that. Um, I'm here tonight to wonder if Williamson County Schools cares to be a gift and resource to my sons. Uh, so you see, my wife and I have adopted all three of our boys uh, and in God's providence, they are black. Uh, so we've got three black boys being raised by white parents, raised in a largely white community. Um, and in recent years, many of us have realized that the default or the standard settings in many of our institutions, but certainly including education, 
uh, doesn't seem to take into account the special needs or the specific needs rather of black and brown students and their families. Uh, so my boys are all young. They're not yet in school um, in the Williamson County school system, though we hope they will be soon as they, they continue to grow. And I hope uh, and pray that Williamson County schools will once again rise to the challenge to provide an exceptional experience for our black and brown children, just as we have with so many other white other children that Williamson County has an opportunity to again be a leader in the state to, to set a standard for how to engage these, these hard and challenging topics. Um, I'm sympathetic and I feel that more than likely you feel like no matter what you do is going to be criticized, no matter what you do is going to be uh, critiqued and, and some people are going to be disappointed in it. But to say that Williamson County has an opportunity to once again lead the state and maybe even in the region and how to engage in these hard issues uh, so I'm here to speak tonight in favor, like many of the other constituents, uh, for the formation of a diversity and inclusion parent advisory committee. I understand that there's, there's already a model in place for other parent advisory committees that could be followed and replicated, uh, that this committee, once it's been formed, would then be invited to speak into and advise on the selection of any consulting services uh, used for Williamson County Schools, and to ask you as our representatives to provide us a timeline for this, that these efforts um, are going to be followed up, that they're going to be treated with high priority, and please include these in a monthly report uh, back to the board and the community. Uh, once again, I thank you for your service, for the opportunity to, to meet with you tonight, and thank you for your consideration. Thank you, Mr. Lewis. Our next speaker is Nikki Ottolini. Hi, uh, I'm Nikki Ottolini. I live at 6848 Pull Tight Hill Road in College Grove. I have young children that will attend Page Middle and High School in the future. And like many of the other constituents, I'd like to discuss diversity and racial equality in the Williamson County Schools. I have requested to make a public comment this evening because after joining and becoming actively involved in a social justice organization here in Williamson County and also collaborating with other like-minded people and organizations, it has come to my attention that racial equality and our equity in our schools is a major concern. I love being a part of Williamson County in this great community and want to help our community even better by promoting equality for all citizens and all of our students. I ask you, Mr. Golden, and all uh, school board members to swiftly take these specific actionable steps to further the safety of all students and especially children of color. And like Mr. Lewis and many others have already mentioned, one, I'd like uh, to request the form of a diversity and inclusion parent advisory committee immediately be, um, be created specifically or um, if possible this week, just as one has already been created for support services, gifted education and parent leadership. From my understanding, the community has been very vocal about the urgent need to create a safe environment uh, for the students of color. Establishing a parent advisory committee can easily be done with parent volunteers and will move us towards creating a safe and equal environment for children of color. Uh, number two, allow this diversity and inclusion parent advisory committee to be a resource and assist the school board in guiding the selection of any diversity inclusion consulting services or direct hires that are being considered by Williamson County Schools. And also three, provide a timeline for both of the requested actions, including a monthly progress report to the board and community. I'd like to know that parents and the Williamson County's people are being heard and what is being done about our concerns. Uh, once the above items are in place, 
the parent advisory committee and diversity educational leader on staff will be able to take action in, matter, in matters such as policy, disciplinary, and curriculum issues within the school system. Thank you for your time, consideration on all the hard work you are all that you all do. Thank you, Ms. Ottolini. And our final speaker tonight is Randy Maudlin. Good evening, Williamson County School Board members. Uh, my name is Randy Malden, and I live at 2241 Oak Branch Circle in Franklin, Tennessee. Uh, on behalf of TRAIN and on behalf of a parent and a resident of Williamson County, I'd like to thank you for your leadership. Uh, you've done a tremendous job and just uh, you're a model that uh, a lot of other school systems ask me about. I get a lot of questions about what Williamson County Schools is doing. In 2018, TRAIN was selected by Williamson County Schools as your energy services provider. And since then, we've been working with your operations staff. Mark Samuels was uh, instrumental in working with us to, in the beginning. Now we're working with Adam Christopher. We're working with Phil Devine on your staff, uh, Tracy England, and also your energy manager, Daryl Jones, for the energy savings program and the facilities improvements that we're installing in your school system, in the school systems, using the energy savings dollars. We're continuing to improve the energy conservation for the schools and improving the classroom learning environment and ventilation of your school buildings. As part of our partnership that we do, Train is a publicly traded company. We also work with public buildings as well, public facilities and public and, and governments, government agencies as well, and public schools. Part of this allows us to qualify for United States federal government 179D tax rebate. What we do at TRAIN to help our school systems out is we share this rebate that we apply for on behalf of schools. We share this with our public school system. Tonight, I'm honored to present to Williamson County Schools a check in the amount of $122,548.72 as your portion of this. So once again, we'd like to thank you for your partnership with TRAIN, and we look forward to hopefully having a few more good news uh, events like this. It's always great for a vendor to bring a check to the schools for a change, isn't it? <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Malden. Um, that's the first large check I've seen in the Zoom meeting <laughs> ever, so interesting experience. Uh, I believe that concludes our public comment for tonight. Uh, thank you all for participating. Chair, if I might, uh, point, point of order, the individual who was first in the list that we seem to lose in the connection, did they reconnect? I do not see them, Mr. Mitchell. I've been looking for them. Uh, Tim or Brian, could you tell no me if that first speaker ever? No, way. no okay. they didn't. Okay. Thank you for checking, Mr. Mitchell. All right, moving on. The next item on the agenda is approval of tonight's agenda. Do we have a motion to approve? So moved. Mr. Mitchell makes the motion. Do we have a second? Second. Mr. Cash seconds. Is there any discussion? If not, then let's move to a roll call vote, please. Ms. Glenn? Madam Chair, this is Lydia Glenn. Angela Durham. Ms. Durham. 
Dan Cash. Dan Cash, yes. Elliot Mitchell. Elliot Mitchell, yes. Brad Fiscus. Brad Fiscus, yes. Jenna Priya. Priya, yes. Jay Galbraith. I did it. Jay Galbraith, yes. I did it. Sheila Cleveland. Hang on. Sheila Cleveland, yes. Candy Emerson. Yes. Wimberly. I think they heard me. Uh, Rick Wimberly, yes. Eric Welch. Eric Welch, yes. Casey Hall. Casey Hall, yes. Nancy Garrett. Nancy Garrett, yes. And Madam Chair, Angela Durham. Did we did we lose Miss Durham? She she told me that she's having intermittent connectivity issues, so I believe she she might have to log back in. Thank you. Your vote is 11 yes, zero no. Thank you, board. Next on the agenda is the approval of the consent agenda items. Do we have a motion to approve? Rick Wimberly moved to approve. Mr. Wimberly makes the motion. Do we have a second? Sheila Cleveland second. second. Sheila Cleveland seconds. Is there any discussion on this item? If not, let's move to a vote. Ms. Glenn. Thank you, Madam Chair. Angela Durham. Dan Cash. Dan Cash, yes. Elliot Mitchell. Elliot Mitchell, yes. Brad Fiscus. Brad Fiscus, yes. Jenna Priya. Jenna Priya, yes. Jay Galbraith. Jay Galbraith, yes. Sheila Cleveland. Sheila Cleveland, yes. Candy Emerson. Candy Emerson, yes. Rick Wimberly. Rick Wimberly, yes. Eric Welch. Eric Welch, yes. Casey Hall. Casey Hall, yes. Nancy Garrett. Nancy Garrett, yes. Your vote is 11 yes, zero no. Thank you, board. With approval of that consent agenda, you've approved the following items. Approval of the December 17th, 2020 special called school board meeting minutes and the annual review of board policies, which is an annual agenda item. Next, we move to communications to the board uh, and we'll move to Superintendent Golden's report. Thank you, Madam Chair. Jason Golden, uh, Superintendent, and, uh, and thank you for the reminder that we should each uh, state our name uh, since we are in Zoom so everyone's aware. Um, I want to tell you, uh, I'm so proud of our community, and I really want to thank those who, who spoke at public comment. Uh, Randy Malden, someone we've worked with a long time, and, and we have an agreement with Train where we've done some energy saving things in our buildings with a guarantee uh, savings, and so we do want to appreciate that. But I really do want to speak to the five or six individuals who spoke in public comment about issues related to diversity uh, and, and race in our community. And those of you who've been on the board, uh, you know that we've been making it a point to speak to that um, every month uh, at our work sessions, especially this year. And I wanna spend a little bit of time just going back, uh, doing, a, doing a review of where we are and, and where we wanna be. Uh, you all know that we've been spending some time with, with so many of our stakeholders getting feedback. 
I think back to the time when I first uh, was um, going through the process of, uh, of your making a decision on me being superintendent and listening to our community members. I spoke to parents and even before then, I participated in, um, in, in regular meetings that we had with, with our community. And I extended those into the time I was superintendent. Uh, sometimes those were called the cult, Cultural Competency Council, the Cultural Competency Committee. There have been a lot of names, but really the purpose of that, especially in the short time I've been superintendent, was to, uh, to, to get some feedback from our parents and our families about um, uh, race, color, religion uh, related topics, um, share with them where we are and then get feedback for, from them. Uh, many of you participated in those in those meetings and the format we typically structured was uh, us presenting and then uh, we would break up into small groups and, and hear from parents. I've also spent a lot of time talking with teachers. I spent a lot of time talking with students uh, and listening to them uh, over these issues and I've gotten a lot of feedback over time and you know that after receiving this feedback we set some some uh, some focus points uh, for this year. Number one, we set some short-term focus points. And, and that really centered around making sure that our staff and our faculty reported any allegations or any incidents of inappropriate behavior based on race, color, religion, or any protected class. Uh, and I started that um, just right after school let out last year, uh, letting teachers know that that was gonna be a focus point of ours this year. Uh, and, and we've been able to refine that, uh, that thought, uh, in part because of what we've heard from our alumni and from our current students. Uh, you may recall that, uh, that there was a lot of information uh, that we found um, posted on the internet and various social media sites with many, many examples of uh, inappropriate behavior uh, from students and sometimes staff members uh, over time and, uh, and students' takes on those. We reviewed all that information and we found that while some of those incidents were reported and were investigated through our human resources department or at the school level and were addressed, many of those were left unreported. And that was another example for us of, uh, of those indicators that there may be um, maybe many students in many situations who just aren't comfortable and haven't been comfortable reporting those incidents. So we included in our focus this year, uh, growing our culture uh, so that students would be more comfortable reporting those incidents, knowing that there would be uh, um, a, an appropriate response from school administration. But on top of that, another focus point we had after all that work that we heard from, from our stakeholders was that if we are going to grow our competence, that if we are going to, to um, grow how we serve our diverse student body and our teachers, we really needed professional help. Over the years, we've seen many examples of, uh, of, us, of us taking steps in response or in reaction to particular events, but we needed a comprehensive uh, plan that's going to take some work to put together if we are going to create a sustainable change in, in how we approach uh, um, these issues that our, that our families have raised. And you know all this because we've been talking about it for a number of months. Uh, we're still working on that second prong of, of what I discussed. Uh, and, uh, and you all know that you've gone through some vetting with, uh, with some of those professional groups already, and we're continuing to that. 
continuing to do that. If we are going to make a sustainable change, uh, I've become convinced based on all our stakeholder feedback that we need something that helps us do that uh, with some professional skilled help. Um, I appreciate those, the, the comments that especially our teacher made about, about that need. We've done some professional development uh, here and there uh, over the years. But again, um, we haven't had a comprehensive continued plan. So I want you all to know that, that, uh, that short term, we've been focusing on, 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 uh, on raising that student um, awareness. Uh, and I've been doing it personally. Many of our administrators have been doing it and having those conversations with students, but we've got to do more. Uh, and the, the more is, uh, is getting that help. I will be coming to you uh, um, very soon. Uh, we anticipate within the next month or at the, at the outside too with a, with a proposal uh, from a company just as we did a few months ago uh, so that we can grow in that. And I want to emphasize to you as, as, uh, as our board that this focus is not just one thing. It is on making sure our students are being served appropriately. And it's gonna take all of us together. It's gonna to take the board buying in and it's gonna take our teachers and it's gonna take some, some, some generalized uh, training, but some more specific as well. Uh, and it, it has the potential to be pretty comprehensive if it's gonna be long-term as we take these steps. Um, I've heard a lot of comments about committees. Uh, there may be some time for a particular committee. I will tell you as I sit here right now, after hearing from so many of our stakeholders, the uh, idea of appointing just a few and turning down others uh, is a real concern of mine. Uh, that if we're gonna do this right, we need some professionals who've got experience in growing uh, our communities uh, to do this. And I think based on, again, uh, um, on what we've talked about, that's the most appropriate step rather than responding or reacting to a particular request and, uh, and having something that might make a, a, a little flash, but not help us sustain growth. Um, so that's gonna be a concentration point of ours uh, that we want to hear from all our families. We want to hear from all our students uh, as, as we go through this process. Um, I think we're, the time is right for this. It's, 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 it's on our mind. When I hear from alumni that there were times in their, in their high school, middle school, and even occasionally elementary school career where they were bothered by something that was said, either by a staff member or a student, um, that gets to my heart. And, uh, and it's, it's something that we need to address um, with, with good coherent uh, planning. So uh, like I made the commitment to you um, months and months ago, I was gonna talk about that every time. Uh, I've typically concluded our discussions um, with, with a reference to what we're working on, but this time I felt like it was important for us to hit that first because of the quality of, uh, of our community members um, sharing that. So I do encourage them to, to, uh, to, to keep involved uh, as we go through that process. Next item I wanted to mention to you um, briefly is COVID. It seems like every time we have a meeting within just a day or two, new items develop. So we had our work session Thursday night. I wanna let you know that we have submitted uh, to the state our application to be a, an administrator of, of the uh, vaccine process for our employees. Uh, so um, that approval is pending at the state level. Um, and we are working on some additional logistics related to that. 
the uh, the State Department of Health a few weeks ago announced that that was a possibility. It's pretty it's pretty uh, involved. It includes getting a, a medical doctor or a pharmacist to sign off to participate. I do know that we had a meeting uh, at Independence High School, which we're hoping to be our site because of drive convenience. Uh, with uh, some of those professionals to start working on the logistics of that even before we get approval from the state to be one of those sites. Um, one of you asked uh, last Thursday, uh, our, our timetable, our best guess, timetable for the vaccines becoming available for us in the 1B category. Uh, and, um, you know, we, uh, we hemmed and hawed because we just, we just don't know, but we gave you some estimated dates. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, we're, we're, we're hoping that we'll be able to start administering those vaccines in February. As soon as we hear from the state about our application, we will let you know. Uh, also, I want to let you know related to that, that uh, we continue to update our website with uh, a number of items um, uh, related to the WCS community, including school by school data on positive cases and quarantines and uh, general data that's broken out by staff members and students. That is on our COVID webpage and it's at the very top. So we, we entered some new data this week, just today. So I, would, I encourage you to track that. There are so many data points uh, that, that we look at um, and uh, I, we've made it a point, and you all know this also, I think it's important for our community to continue to hear this, that it is about us evaluating whether we can safely be on campus. And that's been a goal throughout, and we're going to continue with that as a goal. Next thing I wanted to mention to you, and another example of things change almost on a daily basis, uh, the governor's uh, um, uh, program to have a special um, a special session to address education has started. Uh, some of the legislation was filed before, just a few hours before our Thursday board work session. Uh, on Friday, there was a funding bill that was filed. That funding bill includes a total proposed amount of $43 million statewide uh, for teacher pay increases. Uh, that is specified in the bill as being non-recurring uh, and it, it specifies the dates for January 1st through June 30th. Um, we don't know exactly what that means for us right now, but we're working on that. Um, but it's very clear to me that the legislature, and especially the governor, because this is being submitted uh, through the governor's proposal, is to give uh, teachers a pay raise. You may recall that I mentioned to you on Thursday that I anticipated that it would not include some of our classified employees in this, in this funding element. Uh, as it's written and as it's proposed, that is accurate. It is not included. But I'm telling you as, as we, as we uh, sit here at our board meeting, that once we figure out what this means for our teachers, whether it's a portion of our teachers or all, um, we're going to be having some discussions administratively about bringing a proposal to you uh, that, that takes care of um, addressing this question with all our employees. It's going to be very hard uh, for me to um, come to you with a proposal for just a portion of, uh, of our staff. Uh, and so, so be ready for that, be waiting for that um, based on whatever passes at the, at the state level. Uh, final thing I wanted to, to mention is a couple of follow-ups from Thursday night. Uh, we, we, we mentioned the quality of remote instruction and the quality of quarantine instruction. 
our quarantine numbers uh, this week are, are very low compared to what we experienced uh, the last few months of, of last semester. But we anticipate that it will be a touch and go issue on a daily basis. Uh, and we know that um, those students who've been quarantined, some of the students who've tested positive but might be doing well enough health-wise to participate remotely, uh, have been participating remotely even while our students are on campus. Um, and uh, as we talked about how things have changed uh, from the beginning of the year to now, uh, one phrase that Dr. Oyer used that I'm going to borrow from her is teacher and student fluency has greatly improved. And what we were talking about are just some of those basics related to being um, uh, in, in a virtual environment. Logging on, uh, the use of Google Classroom, the use of Schoology, the use of Zooms, the comfort level that our students have and our teachers have with those online tools has really grown. Uh, and we haven't set up any testing to measure that, uh, even though we, you know, typically educators really love testing. So it's a qualitative analysis that we have. But we know that every day things get a little bit better uh, with, with uh, that. We've also made it a focus uh, for students to, to uh, get that instruction, even if they're not on campus. And that's even been extended to some of our students who are just out sick for traditional issues. If they're capable of jumping on, even when they're homesick, um, there have been examples of those students being able to do that. Um, uh, largely speaking, our elementary school students have been able to sit in on Zooms. Um, but even, even with them, uh, related arts classes, physical education, if there's a specific um, uh, uh, test going on or a specific um, project, it may not be most appropriate for them to participate by Zoom. That's even more true as you get up to the upper grades. And so what we really strongly encourage uh, our families to do is if you get quarantined, if you test positive and can't be at school but can participate, make sure you have those conversations with your teachers and your principals so that they can plan on a weekly and even a daily basis uh, to maximize your child's participation in school while they're out. Uh, it's, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of work because things change on a daily basis in a classroom uh, and, and often from class to class, especially at the high school level. Um, but we've made it a point with our teachers to find ways to maximize student participation, even 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 uh, even when you're when you're when you're out. I will tell you also, we sometimes hear too late from families that oh my child's been out, uh, and so if you get that notice um, from the health department, we strongly encourage you to have that conversation with uh, with with our administration or with your teachers so that you can get that support. Uh, I mentioned on, on Thursday night how proud I am of our teachers, especially our special education teachers. Uh, it's a lot of work and we have stars uh, in our schools and, and I don't think you can, uh, you can thank them enough. I can't thank them enough. I've actually confessed here and there, I send Friday notes out. It almost sounds redundant, but I mean it. Uh, and, I, and I hope that they um, understand that when I, when I specifically thank them. Final thing I want to mention uh, is another governor's order that you may not be aware of. Uh, back in November, the governor signed an order that next week is school board appreciation week. Uh, so I want to I want to jump a little bit ahead. Uh, it, it is just uh, Tuesday, 
uh, and let you all know that uh, um, I appreciate you and I appreciate the work that you do. You know that I've told many of you as individuals that what you're basically doing is volunteer work for the community. Uh, and, and we very much appreciate your leadership. Uh, so with that, Ms. Garrett, uh, I am I'm finishing up my report and I'm open to any questions if there are any. Thank you, Mr. Goldie. Are there any questions? I don't see any questions. Um, Mr. Goldman, I think we can move to the next item. All right, thank you, Madam Chair. The next item on our agenda is the district update. Uh, um, I always look forward to Carol Birdstone giving us student spotlights. Carol? Thank you, Mr. Golden board members. This is Carol Birdsong, and with the help of Brian King and Tim McNeese, we are going to celebrate some students, teachers, and coaches this evening. We are going to start, first of all, with perfect PSAT score. These are rare, I have to say. Um, but we do have three uh, folks we are celebrating tonight from Brentwood High School, Eric Youngberg from Ravenwood High School, Rhea Mitra, and also from Ravenwood High School, Sophia Wang. Perfect PSAT scores. Now we're going to move to the arts and we are going to start, start with Brentwood High School and these are all state choir members. Vivian Hurst, Caroline Kunkel, and Ella Saliba. Their instructor is Natalie Pratt. From Centennial High School, and we, we, have, we have several from Centennial, so um, we have a couple of slides here, but this is Kyle Bruckel, Graham Catteret, Sydney Hoover, and Savani Casiba. Uh, now we also have David Moore, La Natalie Peterson-Lopez, and Luca Silva. And finally, we have Riley Tuttle, Nicole Vanderkamp, and Nicholas Youngstead. Their instructor is Jonathan Vest. From Franklin High School, Aisha Henshaw and Molly Pope. Their instructor is Angela Beal. From Independence High School, Parks Garner and Nicholas Perrone. Their instructor is Justin Kirby. From Nolensville High School, Isabella Wickham. Instructor is Cassidy Lindstrom. And from Ravenwood High School, again, we have several students, so we have uh, several screens for them, but this is Sullivan Dickerson, Mark Gavakla, Bryn Giantasso, Nathan Jessup. We also have Trisha Mansadar, Caroline Meyer, Ella Miller, and we also have Natalie Porter, Mason Reiser, Walker Reiser, and... We have Aiden Schatt, Madeline Thomas, and Jasper Vasilis. And their instructor is Ethan Bennett. From Summit High School, Madeline Bauer, Logan Benton, Annabeth Elston, Maggie Harris, Ava Prodwitz, and Livia Thomas. Their instructor is Jenna Ellsbury. And in athletics, we are finally going to celebrate Summit High School, state champions in football this year. They are the TSSAA 5A football champions. Their head coach is Brian Coleman, and he asked that we 
recognize all of the assistant coaches. So here we go. Alex Melton, Jacob Burkett, Nick Michaels, Brian Burnham, Jeff, Jeff Gark, Trey Tate, Tay Martin, Kirk Taylor, Tug McCleary, and Stephen Slowey. Congratulations to all of our students and staff. And Madam Chair, if I may, uh, uh, I want to mention a couple things. Number one, uh, our vision statement states that WCS will provide a supportive environment where students are challenged to pursue excellence in academics, athletics, and the arts. And all three of those focus points uh, were, were mentioned in Carol's report. And just as a quick reminder, uh, when you hear PSAT, that is a direct uh, um, uh, precursor to National Merit Scholarships. So we're very encouraged by that. And with that, Madam Chair, that is our report. Thank you, Mr. Golden. And I'll give a quick board chair report. Um, this is the last time you'll hear me say this. I've been issuing this reminder over the last month, but our, requ our required state filing, um, disclosure filing, uh, is due on January 31st. So make sure you get that in so that we're in compliance for that. Um, as we know, our special legislative session started today and um, the special session is about education. And uh, I was listening to uh, WCS alum and Governor Bill Lee's remarks and he referenced um, What's what's being called a learning loss? Uh, I think that I'm not sure we would call it that. Learning deficit, uh, you know, perhaps um, being you know being behind some marker. There's there's all kinds of ways that this is being described. But he did mention that that number um, of being fifty percent. Um, behind in um, reading ELA and 65% in math is a national number. Uh, he, he did credit it to national sources. So I just want to remind the board that um, our, our community has a lot of concerns right now, but those numbers do not reflect our community based on the information that we have today about that figure being around the 10% mark. And then we also have some data that the district is pulling together about this last semester and, and exams for older students too. So just a reminder that that information is out there and there might be a lot of heightened concern, but uh, we are continuing to pull our own data and it does not look like that we are in, in that realm um, that does cover a lot of schools that have not, you know, have not been back to school very much at all so far. That also covers schools that don't have school districts that don't have connectivity, some that still don't have their computers and things like that. So um, I was glad today that that it was mentioned in his remarks that that was national data that he was pulling from because there had been questions about that. Um, speaking of the legislative session, our legislative leads are hard at work for us. Uh, Mr. Wimberly and Ms. Cleveland, I just wanted to see if you had any remarks that you wanted to make here. Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. If I may, though, I just happen to have my ethics letter in front of me, 
and the deadline is the 25th, not the 30th. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Appreciate that. So that concludes my report. <laughs> no, actually, um, since we talked on Thursday, a lot has happened, but uh, a lot is happening almost every hour that they're there. So I'm not sure that there's much to report on definitively that was different from Thursday. Still, the major issues are teacher pay, uh, home, hold harmless on test scores, uh, catch-up remediation, which kind of ties to what uh, you were saying. Certainly, there's some funding issues. And I guess since our last, uh, since the report on Thursday, one of the members of our delegation has introduced legislation that could uh, adjust the way that quarantines in the schools are, are worked. And um, our, our staff, along with the TSBA staff, and I'm sure a lot of others are working with Representative Ogles to, um, to make that, the language in that bill where it could possibly help us. So uh, we'll have to continue watching all of these things uh, closely. I suspect that um, by the time we get together again, these things will have settled. So thanks to the good work of our staff and our TSBA help, um, and our relationships with members of the delegation uh, will stay on top of these things. Thank you, Mr. Wembley. Ms. Cleveland? Yes, um, also let's not forget that um, the challenge of us getting teachers um, to come into the county and over state borders, and we know it's um, difficult because of the, um, them having to start from scratch again. And so the school board um, is supporting a resolution to support the reciprocity of teachers coming into the state. And so that's a very important resolution that we're backing. Thank you both. And Rick, thanks for that correction on that deadline. It is actually that filing is due the 25th rather than the end of the month. I'm here to serve. Thank you. And uh, the last thing that I want to say in this report and the most important thing is that our teachers and employees of the year have been selected from their individual schools or departments. We have received that information uh, from Assistant Superintendent Hall's um, HR group. And we now have the opportunity to, to thank those folks um, and, and know who they are. And so that's probably the most important thing I have to say tonight is thank you um, to these employees of the year and congratulations and your efforts are certainly appreciated in this unique year. So with that, I'll conclude the board chair's report and we'll move on to new business. Uh, the first item is 2020-2021 school board budget amendments and resolutions. And the first one is the general purpose school fund amendment 1.2.1 CARES reimbursement. Mr. Golden. Thank you, Madam Chair. This first item is a reimbursement through the CARES Act uh, for, for um, um, expenses related to, to the, due to the effect of COVID, more specifically um, technology, connectivity, remote learning, and it's placing these received funds into the uh, fund balance um, based on our ex previous expenses. Recommend approval. Do you have a staff recommendation for approval? Is there a motion to approve? 
Elliot Mitchell recommends to approve. Mr. Mitchell makes the motion. Is there a second? Second, Dan Cash. Mr. Cash makes the second. Is there any discussion? I see no hands raised. If not, uh, we'll move to a vote. Ms. Glenn. Thank you, Madam Chair. This is Lydia Glenn. Angela Durham. Dan Cash. Dan Cash, yes. Elliot Mitchell. Yes. Miss Durham, are you on? Yes. Miss Glenn, I think I think that was a yes. Uh, yes, thank you. Uh, Elliot Mitchell. Elliot Mitchell, yes. Brad Fiscus. Brad Fiscus, yes. Dana Priya. Yes. Dana Priya, yes. Jay Galbraith. Jake Albreth, yes. Sheila Cleveland. Sheila Cleveland, yes. Candy Emerson. Candy Emerson, yes. Rick Wimberly. Rick Wimberly, yes. Eric Welch. Eric Welch, yes. Casey Hall. Casey Hall, yes. Nancy Garrett. Nancy Garrett, yes. Your vote is 12 yes, zero no. Motion passes. <clears throat> Thank you, board. The next item is Education Capital Projects Fund Amendment 1.2.1 Capital Interest. Mr. Golden. Thank you, Madam Chair. The, the State Comptroller's Office has asked that we include a budget item for projected interest income from our capital funds, and this resolution achieves that request. So I recommend approval. We do have a recommendation for approval. Is there a motion to approve? Rick Wimberly moved to approve. Rick Wimberly makes the motion. Is there a second? Sheila Cleveland second. Sheila Cleveland seconds. Is there any discussion? I see no hands raised. We can move to vote, Ms. Glenn. Madam Chair, this is Lydia Glenn. Angela Durham. Angela Durham, yes. Dan Cash. Dan Cash, yes. Elliot Mitchell. Elliot Mitchell, yes. Brad Fiscus. Brad Fiscus, yes. Jenna Priya. Jenna Priya, yes. Jay Galbraith. Jay Galbraith, yes. Sheila Cleveland. Sheila Cleveland, yes. Candy Emerson. Candy Emerson, yes. Rick Wimberly. Rick Wimberly, yes. Eric Welch. Eric Welch, yes. Casey Hall. Casey Hall, yes. Nancy Garrett. Nancy Garrett, yes. Your vote is 12 yes, zero no. Motion passes. Thank you. The next item is the General Purpose School Fund Resolution 2.2.1, Special Education Assistant from Federal. Mr. Golden. Thank you, Madam Chair. Jason Golden. 
Uh, we are asking to move 15 special education positions from the federal side to the state side because of insufficient federal funds. But the state has provided us with additional IDEA funds for what they call high cost. And so we are funding it with that that we recommend approval. Have a staff recommendation of approval. Is there a motion? Priya, I move to approve. Ms. Priya makes the motion. Is there a second? Second. Ms. Emerson makes the second. Is there any discussion? I see no hands raised. Then let's move to a vote, please. Angela Durham. Angela Durham, yes. Dan Cash. Dan Cash, yes. Elliot Mitchell. Elliot Mitchell, yes. Brad Fiscus. Brad Fiscus, yes. Jenna Priya. Jenna Priya, yes. Jay Galbraith. Jay Galbraith, yes. Sheila Cleveland. Sheila Cleveland, yes. Candy Emerson. Candy Emerson, yes. Rick Wimberly. Rick Wimberly, yes. Eric Welch. Eric Welch, yes. Casey Hall. Casey Hall, yes. Nancy Garrett. Nancy Garrett, yes. Your vote is 12 yes, zero no, motion passes. Thank you. The next item is general purpose school fund resolution 2.2.1 buses, Mr. Golden. Thank you, Madam Chair. Jason Golden, this is the time of year where we ask you to fund replacement and growth buses. Uh, and uh, we had a pretty detailed discussion back at the work session. Our buses can last from 15 to 18 years, plus they have a mileage requirement on them. So the majority of, of our buses in this request are actually replacement buses. We have 19 replacement gen ed uh, and four uh, growth buses for new uh, regions of the county that are going to have uh, that are new neighborhoods and uh, four replacement special education buses and one growth special education bus. Uh, we recommend approval. Anyone, is there a motion? Andy moves to approve or make, make the motion that we accept it. Ms. Anderson makes the motion to approve. Is there a second? Elliot Mitchell seconds. Elliot Mitchell seconds. Is there any discussion? I see no discussion. We can move to a vote, please. Madam Chair, this is Lydia Durham. Angela Durham. Angela Durham, yes. Thank you. Dan Cash. Dan Cash, yes. Elliot Mitchell. Elliot Mitchell, yes. Brad Fiscus. Brad Fiscus, yes. Jenna Priya. Yes. Jay Galbraith. Jay Galbraith, yes. Sheila Cleveland. Sheila Cleveland, yes. Candy Emerson. Candy Emerson, yes. Rick Wimberly. Rick Wimberly, yes. Eric Welch. Eric Welch, yes. Casey Hall. Casey Hall, yes. Garrett. Nancy Garrett, yes. Your vote is 12 yes, zero no. Motion passes. Thank you. Our next item is the General Purpose School Fund Resolution 2.2.1 in our category, Mr. Golden. 
Thank you, Madam Chair. Our Student Support Services Department has estimated that there is a need uh, to increase the amount budgeted for contracted services for legal fees. And this $200,000 request reflects that. And I recommend approval. We give a staff recommendation for approval. Would anyone like to make the motion? Elliot Mitchell moves to approve. Elliot Mitchell makes the motion. Is there a second? Second. Jennifer seconds. Is there any discussion? No discussion. We can move to a, a vote, Ms. Glenn. Madam Chair, this is Lydia Glenn. Angela Durham. Angela Durham, yes. Dan Cash. Dan Cash, yes. Elliot Mitchell. Elliot Mitchell, yes. Brad Fiscus. Brad Fiscus, yes. Jenna Priya. Yes. Jay Galbraith. Jay Galbraith, yes. Sheila Cleveland. Sheila Cleveland, yes. Candy Emerson. Candy Emerson, yes. Rick Wimberly. Rick Wimberly, yes. Eric Welch. Eric Welch, yes. Casey Hall. Casey Hall, yes. Nancy Garrett. Nancy Garrett, yes. Your vote is 12 yes, zero no. Motion passes. Thank you. The next item on the agenda is the approval of open and or closed zone schools for the 2021-2022 year. And this is an annual agenda item. Mr. Golden. Thank you, Madam Chair. Jason Golden. Uh, uh, I want to let you know that uh, based on the discussion we had at the work session, uh, Mr. Mitchell specifically asked a question about a rezoning we had done um, about a year and a half ago and asked that we consider adding one item. And we have added the item of including Spring Station Middle School up to 25 total students from Heritage Middle or Thompson Station Middle in the geographic area previously rezoned from Spring Station Middle back in 2019. Uh, so I wanna thank Mr. Mitchell for that suggestion. With that addition, we do recommend approval. No staff recommendation. Does anyone want to make a motion to approve? Elliot Mitchell moves to approve. Mr. Mitchell makes the motion. Is there a second? Sheila Cleveland second. Sheila Cleveland seconds. Is there any discussion? No discussion on an open zoning recommendation. It's pretty unique. And you're welcome to offer. You're welcome to offer comments yourself, Madam Chair. <laughs> I have none. Thank you, though. Um, I think we can vote. Thank you, Madam Chair. This is Lydia Glenn. Angela Durham. Angela Durham, yes. Dan Cash. Dan Cash, yes. Elliot Mitchell. Elliot Mitchell, yes. Brad Fiscus. Brad Fiscus, yes. Anna Priya. Yes. Jay Galbraith. Jay Galbraith, yes. Sheila Cleveland. Sheila Cleveland, yes. Candy Emerson. Candy Emerson, yes. Rick Wimberly. Rick Wimberly, yes. Eric Welch. Eric Welch, yes. Casey Hall. Casey Hall, yes. Nancy Garrett. Nancy Garrett, yes. Your vote is 12 yes, zero no. Motion passes.
Thank you, Ms. Glenn. The next item is the approval of the Charter School Review Committee 2020-2021. Mr. Golden. Thank you, Madam Chair. Jason Golden, uh, as you know from our discussion at the work session, uh, uh, Ms. Osbrooks has prepared a proposed uh, committee uh, as required by Tennessee law to review charter school applications. And this, we are, we are structuring it uh, for it to be an annual approval based on the possibility of us receiving requests. And so based on this year, we are recommending uh, this group recommend approval. Thank you, Mr. Golden. Do we have a motion to approve? Yeah, I move to approve. Ms. Priya makes the motion. Do we have a second? Rick Wimberly second. Mr. Wimberly seconds. Do we have any discussion? I see none. Then we can move to a vote, Ms. Glenn. Thank you, Madam Chair. This is Lydia Glenn. Angela Durham. Angela Durham, yes. Dan Cash. Dan Cash, yes. Elliot Mitchell. Elliot Mitchell, yes. Brad Fiscus. Brad Fiscus, yes. Jenna Priya. Jay Galbraith. Jay Galbraith, yes. Sheila Cleveland. Sheila Cleveland, yes. Candy Emerson. Candy Emerson, yes. Rick Wimberly. Rick Wimberly, yes. Eric Welch. Excuse me. Eric Welch, yes. Casey Hall. Casey Hall, yes. Nancy Garrett. Nancy Garrett, yes. Your vote is 12 yes, zero no. Motion passes. Thank you. And next up, we have some board policies for first reading. The first is 1.901 charter school applications. Mr. Golden. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, this is the first of our first reading uh, policies, uh, and uh, we have brought this from the policy committee. In uh, this charter school applications is a proposed new policy that is that is designed to give a comprehensive explanation of uh, of the process for uh, applying for a charter school. Uh, with that, uh, I do recommend approval at first reading. Thank you, Mr. Golden. Is there a motion to approve? Motion to approve, Dan Cash. Mr. Cash makes the motion. Is there a second? Second, Casey Hall. Mr. Hall seconds. Any discussion, board? I do not see any hands raised. Then we can move to a vote. Angela, I'm, this is Lydia Glenn. Thank you, Madam Chair. Angela Durham. Ms. Angela Durham, Durham yes. Yeah. Dan Cash. Dan Cash, yes. Elliot Mitchell. Elliot Mitchell, yes. Brad Fiscus. Brad Fiscus, yes. Jenna Priya. Yes. Jay Galbraith. Yes. Sheila Cleveland. Sheila Cleveland, yes. Candy Emerson. Candy Emerson, yes. Rick Wimberly. Rick Wimberly, yes. Eric Welch. Eric Welch, yes. 
Casey Hall. Casey Hall, yes. Nancy Garrett. Nancy Garrett, yes. Your vote is 12 yes, zero no. Motion passes. Thank you, Ms. Glenn. Uh, next policy for first reading is 5.400 personnel health exams. Mr. Golden. Thank you, Madam Chair. Jason Golden. These next three policies are a breakout of one policy that, uh, that Ms. Ospers has put together after um, some advice from the TSBA. 5.400 person, personnel health examinations communicable diseases is that first part, and we recommend approval. Do we have a motion on the floor to approve? Sheila Cleveland motions to approve. Sheila Cleveland makes the motion. Do we have a second? Casey Haw, second. I think I heard Casey first. Mr. Haw, seconds. Is there any discussion? There are no hands raised. We can move to a vote, Ms. Glenn. Thank you. This is Lydia Glenn. Angela Durham. Angela Durham, yes. Dan Cash. Dan Cash, yes. Elliot Mitchell. Elliot Mitchell, yes. Brad Fiscus. Brad Fiscus, yes. Anna Priya. Yes. Jay Galbraith. Yes. Sheila Cleveland. Sheila Cleveland, yes. Candy Emerson. Candy Emerson, yes. Wimberly. Rick Wimberly, yes. Eric Welch. Eric Welch, yes. Casey Hall. Casey Hall, yes. Garrett. Nancy Garrett, yes. Your vote is 12 yes, zero no. Motion passes. Thank you. Our next policy for first reading is 5.401, Acquired Immune Deficiency Syndrome, Mr. Golden. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, this uh, content of this policy used to be in the previous policy, Communicable Diseases, and it's been updated to reflect the current uh, rules and regulations and, uh, um, and State Board of Education policy. We recommend approval. Thank you. Do we have a motion to approve? Brad Fiscus moved to approve. Mr. Fiscus makes the motion. Do we have a second? Jenna Priya, second. Mr. Priya seconds. Is there any discussion? I see none. Then we can move to a vote. Madam Chair, this is Lydia Glenn. Angela Durham. Angela Durham, yes. Dan Cash. Dan Cash, yes. Elliot Mitchell. Elliot Mitchell, yes. Brad Fiscus. Brad Fiscus, yes. Jenna Priya. Jenna Priya, yes. Jay Galbraith. Yes. Sheila Cleveland. Sheila Cleveland, yes. Candy Emerson. Candy Emerson, yes. Rick Wimberly. Rick Wimberly, yes. Eric Welch. Eric Welch, yes. Casey Hall. Casey Hall, yes. Garrett. Nancy Garrett, yes. Your vote is 12 yes, zero no, motion passes. Thank you. And our final item on the agenda tonight is policy for first reading 5.402, hepatitis B. Mr. Golden. 
Thank you, Madam Chair. Likewise, uh, this uh, um, used to be part of, and currently still is part of the uh, Communicable Diseases Policy. We're, we're again requesting a breakout of this information related to hepatitis B, hepatitis B uh, recommend approval. Is there a motion to approve? Elliot Mitchell moves to approve. Mr. Mitchell makes the motion. Is there a second? Rick Wimberly second. Mr. Wimberly seconds. Is there any discussion? See no discussion, then we can move our final vote, Ms. Glenn. Thank you, Madam Chair. This is Lydia Glenn. Angela Durham. Angela Durham, yes. Dan Cash. Dan Cash, yes. Elliot Mitchell. Elliot Mitchell, yes. Brad Fiscus. Brad Fiscus, yes. Jenna Priya. Uh, yes. Jake Albreth. Yes. Sheila Cleveland. Sheila Cleveland, yes. Candy Emerson. Candy Emerson, yes. Rick Wimberly. Rick Wimberly, yes. Eric Welch. Eric Welch, yes. Casey Hall. Casey Hall, yes. Casey Hall, yes. Nancy, Nancy Garrett. Nancy Garrett, yes. Your vote is 12 yes, zero no. Your motion passes. All right. Board members, thank you so much for your preparation for this meeting. And I believe this meeting is going to bring our, our average down for the year, average duration. So appreciate that. Uh, Mr. Mitchell, I do see your hand up. Thank you, Madam Chair. Real quick, uh, we voted to approve open zoning uh, tonight. Uh, can uh, Mr. Golden remind us and everyone listening what the process is to apply for that and what the deadlines are for that, please? That's a great question. This is a first come first serve online process. Uh, Ms. Nunley is actually here and may give some details about their posting. The official deadline is May 15th. Over time, we have brought this up earlier and earlier so that parents can have some time to prepare and so that Ms. Nunley's staff uh, can, uh, can get that, um, that prepared as well. So Ms. Nunley, if you would, for the public, let them know about the details of the first come first serve process. Uh, all of our out of zone requests are done through our online portal. The link is found on the bus routes and school zones page at the district website. Deadline to apply for all circumstances is May the 15th, unless related to a residential move, you're new to the district, and some program of study applications are taken after the May 15th deadline due to how they are approved in the process. Uh, the portal will be live at midnight tonight. That's the, that, that was the, uh, the other end of the deadline I was looking for. And again, the portal is on the bus the the bus schedule page is that what you that's think? correct that's correct so if you go if you if you go to the our main page wcs.edu if you run your cursor over the about us uh, icon in the top right the drop down box has a number of choices on the top left is going to be uh, bus routes and school zones there and you'll click on that okay thank you Midnight tonight's when it goes live, right, Allison? Okay. Yes, sir. Great, great question. Thank you for that reminder. <laughs>
Uh, I don't see any other hands raised. Mr. Golden, do you have any closing remarks? Uh, just uh, thank you again. Uh, and with, with so many things changing, please know that we're committed to what we've talked about tonight in my superintendent's report, uh, growing in the way we, we serve our, our diverse community uh, and in, uh, in meeting our students' needs with instruction in this, in this environment. Um, so uh, again, I thank you all for your leadership and uh, I hope we continue to have a good week. Thank you. Good evening. This meeting is adjourned. Good night. Thank Good you. Night. Good night.